So I would buy the shoes for a hundred, probably sell them for like 105 just to make my money back so I can make the videos themselves for free. Cause all I cared about was getting more attention, like getting more followers, getting more views. Um, even though I wasn't making any money off the videos like at all. This is gonna be episode 20 of the Nicola podcast, which is pretty cool. Started. We've never started off saying the episode, like welcome to episode 20, but let's do it now. Uh, and we have Jake. Yes. with us today thank you guys for having me not your first rodeo you've been no. on a podcast before no i've been on a not a bunch but a couple a you've been, been around the block okay cool yeah. cool cool we got a familiar face too uh dre welcome back thank you for coming <laughs> on again great to have you back he, he mentioned our christmas tree is uh in full effect which is kind of cool it looks like mine back at home it looks like it's a little it looks like it's dying it's pretty pathetic <laughs> mine wait. mine back home didn't drink like any water i kept filling it and it didn't in, drink. in florida yeah down in florida how do you get a christmas tree in florida like what's the process same way you get one here yeah but like would you pay for a christmas tree down there it was a nine foot tree and it cost 140. oh my god dude guess what we paid for that tree right there it's a five that, so, that looks like what five feet six feet so technically it's six feet but we uh argued with the guy there it's, it's got that big That's, stick at yeah. the top <laughs> that it was five and he agreed but guess what we paid for that thing 75 dude no, we, fucking 200 we bought it in no seaport. way 250 for that so where we got it down at snowport so gentrified ass christmas so the, the tree shit. itself was like a 150 the stand the plastic stand 50 bucks and then the lights and other shit it was it was yeah it was am i allowed to cuss yeah, yeah okay, 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 okay. that's crazy. ridiculous though <laughs> 200 bucks for a tree like that for any tree in yeah. fact like we got it's been good for the vibes though we got it is i mean yeah but Jeez, <laughs> I thought Florida was bad. Yeah, so how long you lived in Florida for? I've only been there for a year. Okay. A uh, year and like three, four months. Um, and I love it. It's like, it's a way ahead of Boston in so many different ways for me. But um, it's just a good time. I don't know. What was the initial reason for moving down? Uh, I was telling him a few minutes ago, there's like a few different reasons. So we started Kizo, Zuki and I, back in May of, what was that, 21? 21 so may of 21 we started it he was living in tennessee i was living in boston and we were trying to run a sneaker company from you know two different states and we did i think three or four releases and once we saw that it was uh doing well we were like all right we need to figure out a place where we can like convene uh at the, like you know be in the same place at the same time because it's just too difficult doing it from different states so it was between new york LA and Florida well Miami and New York is the same as Boston in terms of like weather and price of everything LA same thing super expensive LA is overrated as fuck like I hate LA uh, I want to stay there for like a week and then I'm done like that's <laughs> that's about it um and then Florida is just it's cheap uh it's becoming like it's like the up-and-coming place right now like Miami area is like I've heard people say, um, I think it was, might have been Dana White said it's like the new, what LA used to be. Uh, and I kind of agree with that. It's like growing so fast. Um, so yeah, it basically just came down to Boston sucks. We need to be in the same place and the other places are just trash. So that's why we uh, ended on Florida. We were in Art Miami for Art Basel recently. We mm -hmm. did a couple podcasts on there with like people that weren't from that area, whether they were from, you know, up here, Boston 
or from Ben Bader, who's from Cincinnati, and everyone said the exact same thing. Yeah. Comparing it to L.A., whether they'd been there, lived there before, Miami's like where it's all happening. So yeah, Miami is Florida, South Florida just in general. Like South anyway. Florida is. I will live in West Palm, yeah. um, which is an hour north of Miami, which is perfect because yeah. I hate Miami itself because <laughs> it's just it's the same as here, like traffic wise. Can't get anywhere without being in an hour of traffic. Um, but West Palm, there's no traffic. The weather's amazing. It's not that expensive. Like I'm paying the same for that uh, a five bedroom house in a gated community that I would be here for like a two bedroom. Not even. Um, so I love it. Um, it was a no brainer really. So, and I wouldn't, I'm not going to come back. <laughs> so you, uh, you started Kizzo like two and a half years ago. Yep. What were you doing before you kind of started this company? So I did tell you about the uh, complex thing a little bit too, but, uh, I've done social media since 2019. So like I started in 2019 and I didn't really take it. I wasn't making any money off of it for a long time. Like I was just doing it to have fun and I was using the stimulus checks to fund that. So without the stimulus checks, I wouldn't have had any money to like do all my projects and the bullshit that I was doing. And then Complex rolled around after I gained a little bit of traction on social media. And I started doing that podcast that I told you about for like two years. And that's where I was getting my money after the stimulus checks ran out. Um, so up until Kizzo, that show actually ended a year ago. So Kizzo and that overlapped a little bit. But before Kizzo, I was just doing social media and the pod, I don't even know if you'd call it a podcast, but the Twitch, it was a Twitch stream. Um, so I would do that. And that was really all I had going. I had no plan. Luckily, everything just kind of like happened at the right time. And uh, it, it worked out so far. Was there anything when you were growing up? Was there anything like that uh, kind of gave you the idea to get into it or like anything creative that you would do? like social as a passion? Media? Or just like creativity, because for you as a, you're obviously yeah. a social media creator, but your whole video concepts, everything stems around being creative and hands on and artistic. Yeah, uh, or are you always like that. I don't honestly know. I was thinking about it before I came over here. Like, if you talk to me in high school or middle school or whatever, I didn't do art. I didn't like create anything. I was I would wear like gray sweatpants and a black T-shirt every day. I was like the least creative person you could ever meet. And then I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, it was during quarantine when you started one off. Yeah, that, yeah, that, I think that's where it stemmed from is I'm like, I'm just a business person. So like, I love to do uh, business shit. So I started in quarantine, a little hoodie brand called one off. That's how I met Andres. Actually, uh, we knew we each met, other before yeah, that, but that's met. how we got close. Um, it was a shitty hoodie brand. Uh, and I was making the hoodies myself and I was doing custom sneakers at the same time. So that's how I was making money. Uh, and I don't even remember like, cause I sucked it. I still suck at like painting and shit. So I don't know why I thought I'd be able to do like custom sneakers, but I did it. I started it and, um, you know, one thing led to another and I just started doing like DIY creative shit. But like I said, if you talk to me years before that, never would I ever have thought that I'd be doing shit like this, like, or these hoodies, whatever. But you know. Have you it's been funny the way things work? Have you been customizing sneakers that entire time for the last four years, or has there been times where it's it's been more of a focus for you? Yeah, it's I've bounced around a lot. Like as far as my niche goes, it started out with steak. It started out with steak. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it actually happened, and a few different other things. Um, so the first video I ever posted on TikTok was like a basketball skit, like me and my friend messing around in the gym. We were like doing a play on like the typical stereotypes you'd see in basketball players. Uh, and that got traction. That was the first video I ever posted. It got like a hundred thousand views. I was like, Oh, this is like, this is interesting. So I started making more videos, a bunch of shit videos in a row. And then like, I got a 2 million view video where I 
put a steak in pineapple uh, and people thought it was disgusting, but it's actually like the best thing in the world. Um, and then after that, it was like another skit did well and then another thing did well. And then the t-shirt video, I did a t-shirt video. That's actually the, the thing that set like the DIY path off because it got like 6 million views. It was on like Daquan and all those other like big Daquan, meme, oh big my meme God. pages. Yeah, I haven't Daquan. heard that That's in forever. Crazy. That was I, like... I remember Angel, uh, he texted me that night. He's like, you're on Daquan. I was like, that's like, at the time, mm-hmm. Daquan was like huge. Um, was it like 2018 or like it was before the, that? Like right at the end of it was like 2019, yeah. okay. like Christmas 2019. Right. Yeah, that was, the, that was the quantum. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it was on the tail <laughs> yeah, end, of it, no, but it was, it was still like it was huge. Um, and a big all the other ones too. Like I can't think of all the other ones. That that's the one that stuck, but it was everywhere. Uh, and then I got like a manager from that or an agent, whichever one you want to call it. <laughs> and she was the one that told me like, all right, now your niche is like DIY stuff, like do DIY shit. So I started like customizing t-shirts and i started customizing shoes and just the stop signs the stop sign that was a big thing for a long time uh but just anything i could get my hands on to like do that was fun i would do that and then that all died down i was stuck at eight hundred fifty thousand followers i remember that i plateaued i couldn't get past that for the longest time and then i did a sneaker video and that sneaker video did well really well and from then on it was just always sneakers um, and then since then, I've actually in the past year, because of that shit that happened with Kizo, um, I had to branch out a little bit because I didn't have sneakers to customize. So I had to do, you know, the car shit that I've been doing and the, everything else in between. Um, so, yeah, that's it, it bounced around a lot, but it's always kind of been focused around do it yourself. Like that's really the overarching niche. Was the sneaker video that blew up? Was that one of the dips that you did? Or? Yeah, it was the first time I ever died a sneaker. It was uh, my friend David's sneakers. He had these old, like, beat up Air Forces that were just like, they looked shitty. And the whole idea of the video was like, save your old Air Forces, because beat up Air Forces look like shit, no matter right. who's wearing them. Um, so I dipped them in some green dye, and people just hated them. Like, every single comment on that video was like, basically telling me to fuck myself. <laughs> like, that, they <laughs> suck. Uh, but. You know, without that, I wouldn't have done anything, you know, so I'm glad I love like pissing people off on purpose and they don't and my favorite part is they don't even know that I'm doing it. Like I'll do it on purpose at this point to get a reaction out of people and they give me exactly what I want. And it's like perfect. Um, but yeah, that was the first time I ever dipped a, a sneaker. Like obviously like what you what you were doing with Kizo and your personal brand and like the shoes of Kizo and then mm-hmm. dipping the shoes on your Jay Polino page. Um was like Nike pissed that you were dipping your shoes like in coffee and in different different uh, dyes while you were getting I remember they like <laughs> they like banned your Nike account cuz you kept ordering a bunch of Air Yeah, Forces. I got banned from their store because I would buy like 10 pairs of Air Forces a month. Like, yeah. And then I would uh customize one out of the pair. So like the best bang for the buck that I had was before I had any money, I would like go and buy used Air Forces off of people in like Facebook groups for like 30 bucks. And I customized one one way, customize another another way. So I get two videos out of 30 bucks. Um, and then it got into the point where I was making. Oh, you money. just do half the. You yeah, do, half, do just one, one of the shoes. One way, one shoe, the okay. other. Way, and then I, I get two videos out of it. Um, and once I was able to like make a little bit more money and I could buy like new shoes, I would buy new ones and then like sell them afterwards. So I would buy the shoes for a hundred, probably sell them for like a hundred and five, just to make my money back, so I could make the videos themselves for free. Because all I cared about was getting more attention, like getting more followers, getting more views. Um, even though I wasn't making any money off the of videos, like at all. Uh, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But they, they never sent me any like they they were never mad about it. I did know people 
in the customizing space that did receive stuff from them like basically saying don't customize our shoes which never made sense to me but uh they never they never said anything to me thankfully when did you realize you know from starting like social media that a it was like really cool and you enjoyed it you you wanted to take it seriously and then b you wanted to take it to you know the point of being your career and your main focus yeah so i i want i started taking it seriously once that state video hit like okay. once that got i think it was two million views something like that 1.9 something around there uh, I was like, all right, this is like a legit thing. Like I was getting a lot of followers from it. I was building steam real quick. Uh, and I saw, I knew that was an opportunity that I shouldn't let pass up because of where social media has been in the past you know, decade. And plus I always wanted to be an influencer. So I was like, this is my chance. <laughs> so I went with it. But uh, I was working at Foot Locker at the time. I was still in college. And the thing that made me make it my career is when I fir- made my first like 10,000 in a month. Like that was my deal with my mom is I can't drop out of college until I make 10,000 a month. And then once I hit that, I dropped out immediately. Um, but like I was already tapped out before that. Like I was failing a bunch of classes like and shit like that because I just didn't care. And I knew that it was coming. So do, do you want to break that down? Like what were the streams of income? Like kind of like in yeah, ways you, you diversify? There were, there were a lot. So there were, I think, two sponsorships that were involved and then like revenue from YouTube and TikTok. And then my comp the complex show so like i think there was four or five different streams of income that led to the ten thousand, and that wasn't every month it was like just a one-time thing at that time um where i got the ten thousand, and then next month it was like five or six or something like that which is still a really good amount for i was 21 at the time um so i was really happy with it and my mom couldn't argue anymore because i i I met i met the deal so (laughs) how's that conversation go with your mom you know she kind of encourages you to go to school and yeah. then like 10 years ago the career on social media didn't really exist yeah how do you sit her down and like you know make her okay with your decision yeah i mean i don't know i think that was the whole point of the deal because like once i could prove that it was a legitimate thing that made money that's where it was like okay because before that nobody in that generation would believe that making videos online was lucrative at all um but once i was able to like, give her like physical proof and like show that to her she was like okay like you know, do it. <laughs> so I had one semester of college left, uh, and I just I didn't go back. So you were close. I was really close. Yeah. Where did you go? I started off at UMass Lowell. I did that for a year. I lived there. I was a biomedical engineer, uh, and then I went to Salem State for two years after that, and I was a just entrepreneurship major. So real simple stuff. But have you applied like anything from college? No, like this? no, no. It was, it's complete bullshit. Like <laughs> if you're not going for like a, being a lawyer or a nurse, uh, something that requires like an actual degree, then what are you there for? Like if you're in there for business, go start your own business. You're going to learn a lot more that way. Uh, or even sneakers, like just being in the sneaker uh, industry. I've been a sneakerhead since I was 12. I learned everything about that I know about business through sneakers, like supply and demand and the uh, importance of scarcity, like limiting your product. Um, so I learned everything, like actually trying it and practicing rather than just sitting in a classroom. Yeah, talk about that. Like the sneaker industry is like, I feel like any of those entry level hustles like sneakers or sports cars or yeah. like all these different things are such like a good intro to business. And like a lot of kids will start out with that. And yep. then, you know, turn that into some, you know, start flipping sneakers, sports cars, whatever. Yep. Then learn 
how to hustle, how to sell, how to manage inventory of business and then grow something beyond that? Like, was there anything you learned from that or just any observations on that like that, that you have? No, I mean, just like I said, it's, it's like anything that when you get into that where there's buying and selling and reselling, like uh, that's where you're going to learn everything. So, you know, cars is also a good example. You can buy shit on Facebook Marketplace and mm-hmm. flip it, make a profit off of it. And you also learn like what makes a car have a resale value in the first place and whatnot like there's so many different things that you can learn business from and it doesn't have to be just sneakers sneakers is easy because one it's cheap and two it's like it's so black and white like everything about it is literally just business like shoes that are limited sell for more um and that's as simple as it is so it doesn't matter how they look it's just if they're limited they sell um and you'll learn that uh, people like buy and sell and shoes can go up over time like stocks uh, so there's so much that you can learn from just having a hobby and that's why every time I talk to somebody younger I'm like just find something that you like and just do it like any hobby that you can think of just do it like whatever you enjoy doing there's a way to make money off of it um, and that's what you should do so what were the steps then for you you know somebody who just kind of started off doing things you enjoyed you always you know sneakers yeah. business social media how did you turn that from a hobby into a career like how so, did you start monetizing it specifically well it, it started with tiktok um i mean I, before that i was doing the customizing which didn't make a shit ton of money like you, i would spend eight hours on a shoe to make 50 bucks um so customizing is good but it's not uh scalable you know like you can only make so many shoes in a day you you can't make that much off of it um but once i was able to figure out that i could monetize videos and like get sponsorships from videos and then the the final step was kizzo because like you know i was making 1500 bucks on a sponsorship every once in a while like maybe three or four sponsorships a year i barely got any um i was like you know i have two million followers and I'm getting all these views on my videos and I'm making nothing from it. I was like, what do I do? And that's where Kizzo came into play. Cause like, I was like, why am I making all these videos for Nike? Hundred, literally I calculated it, hundreds of millions of views for Nike for free. Never got a thank you from them, quite the opposite. But it was just ridiculous to deal with that and not make any money. I was like, I thought, and that so many people still think that today. They, they look at me and they're like, oh, you must be fucking rich, rich. Like, and that's not the case. Like, I'm good enough, but I'm not like loaded. And they think every influencer is just like, you know, filled to the brims with money. What but, did that like initial conversation look like with uh, like your business partner and also just like yourself, you know, once you realize that going into like, okay, I need to build something. And, yeah. and did you, did it come to you the idea like immediately or did it take time? Um, it did. I mean, it came to me immediately. The actual, like putting it into practice took a while, like figuring out what our silhouette was going to be, what colors we're going to mm-hmm. do, like thinking all, all that, but we knew we wanted to create our own sneaker so that we could sell that. And we didn't like strategize or anything like that. We didn't say like, Oh, we're going to do this business model and this, this and that, blah, blah, blah. We just kind of said, we're going to make a shoe. We're going to like hype it up online, make it limited and see how many people buy it. And it did so well off the jump, um, which surprised both of us. And that's kind of how everything just catapulted. Like as soon as we saw that it did that well, we were like, all right, like this is, this is our life now. Like we made the decision like that day to move into Florida um, and just like go with this for good. Cause it worked so well right off the bat. Uh, but you know, it, it, it's not guaranteed and it never will be. And that, that's the scariest part about it. 
What are the important steps when creators are like leveraging their personal brands to like build an actual brand? Yeah. Like, what's important things to take into account? Um, I don't know, really. I mean, the, the biggest thing is getting the following. Like, if you can build a following, you can sell anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, so, I, I like, my brother, I was talking to him yesterday about, uh, like, what he, he wants to do for the rest of his life. He's like, I don't know what I want to do. With, uh, he likes photography and music and stuff like that. And I told him, like, you know, just start doing what you like and figure out what you don't like and start doing it just as a hobby. And then eventually it might pay off. But... Uh, people that want to be influencers or sell something, the biggest key is social media. Like if you do, if you have a personal brand, you could sell anything. Like I said, so um, I mean that's the first step is just getting followers. That's the most important part. Are there any other influencers that um, like obviously you have a very specific niche mm-hmm. where you just kind of customize sneakers? Yep. But are there any other influencers where you draw inspiration through them, like where they've leveraged their personal brand to grow something bigger? Uh, that's a good question. Because like a name that comes to mind is like, do you know who Lucas Pachter is? No. No. Okay. Know. He's on. He's on TikTok and he uh, does a lot of like you know just he, he does a Squid lot of House. He's Squid got the House. shorts. You ever seen them? Uh, I feel like I, I, that yeah. sounds familiar. It's like an all-over print. Like, yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. But he's, um, no, I've never heard of him. But the only thing that the only person that comes to mind is this guy. Uh, he sells the brake bomber stuff. I don't know if you've seen that. It's like a car community thing. Um, it's like a wheel cleaner, and he he's like twenty something, and he has like all these cars and living in. He also lives in Florida, and uh, it's just from selling that, and that's because he had you know a car following, and then he's like, all right, how can I what does my audience want? And then he created Break Bomber and started selling it, and it did really well, and that's how he made himself well off. But what about that guy? He's like, I, I totally forget the name, but he's like a famous shoe customizer. Marco? No. Oh, well, I, I know who that is. I, do, you, do you know him at all? Or do you know, like, Fuck that dude. Yeah? <laughs> what about Kikasa? Kikasa. He's the guy yeah. with the Odell's cleats, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I was talking about. So, like I said, I was a sneaker customizer before, yeah. and I've always been into sneakers, and there's like, the Mount Rushmore of like Kikasa sneaker customizers. He's definitely he's up there. He's one of the big ones. Um, and then Mosh and JBF, uh, like those are the big names. But I wouldn't count them as social media influencers. No, you know what I mean? Artists, like they're, right? yeah, yeah, they're artists before influencers. I'm an influencer before an, mm. an artist. If that makes sense. I remember seeing like Odell's cleats. Like that. that was yeah. Like, oh, they <laughs> do them for everybody. Like they. I've seen some crazy shit. The people that I had on the uh, the Twitch stream were always doing shit like that. One of them, Coda. You've definitely I've seen. seen I've, I've, I've heard seen all Coda. these names, and I feel like Coda Customs yeah, is Coda. the best cleat maker in the game. Like hands down, nobody makes cleats like Coda does. Uh, they're all just crazy, and he makes them like from scratch. Like he doesn't just customize an existing pair of cleats; he makes a new pair of cleats. Like, I saw Jalen Brown had just recently a pair of Kobe's. Yep. That didn't have the the logo on them. Yep, I love that. So like, uh, I yeah, love that so shit. Dope. It's debadged, <laughs> and it's that's like subtle little things like that is like just like so so cool. He's um he's like a sneaker free agent right now, so yep. he's like currently shopping for a deal, and mm. he just does stuff like that. I know. And plus, they don't necessarily. I know a lot of players don't necessarily like what Nike does sometimes, like philosophically, like Kyrie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that also has to do with it too, because Jalen's like a really smart. You know, well, he he also like represents himself in a lot of deals and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. I know he he was with Donda for a while, which like mm-hmm. they their sports whole thing kind of yeah. fell apart. But uh, no, he's he's cool. I think um, what what about 
Marco? Like, what's what's uh, what's up with him? I just don't like him. He's like super Hollywood kind of really? to me. I I don't know him well enough to really talk about that. But okay. like, uh, I've talked to him a few times, like on social media. We were like mutuals for a while. And any he's like the type of person where he'll ask you for stuff, but anytime you ask him to like return some sort of favor, he won't do it. And he's stolen not only like ideas from me, probably three or four ideas without credit like we were mutuals and he was stealing my ideas without like giving me credit for it like which is weird like especially if you're mutuals with someone um so i was like weirded out by that and then anytime i asked him for any sort of like tips or whatever because he was a bigger influencer than i was and i was like asking him for advice and he just like would leave it on open and then he would two days later (laughs) message me how do i coffee dye vans and i'm like you do it this this and that i tell him all the steps he does a video on it doesn't say anything about me he did the rope laces and he's stolen from other customizer friends of mine like their literal design like down to the t uh just takes it and like doesn't credit them and i'm like that's just not the way to do it uh the pendulum painting thing he did that's my other buddy cole cole's color uh he does the pendulum painting. those are sick they're super cool. cool and cole is the nicest fucking dude in the world i love that man and Marco just like does a video on like pendulum paintings and same thing just like won't be like I got the idea from this guy like he, he'll put a video up but he won't say this is the guy that I got the idea from like yeah. it's just it seems insincere and like I don't know I don't, I don't like that so interesting in an industry where there's so many creatives like where do you draw the line or where do where do people draw the line from oh like he's just copying me and oh he just drew inspiration from me yeah I mean there's a clear line between drawing inspiration and copying like if someone like this, these two hoodies that I made, they're bleached black hoodies, um, but there's not another one like them in the world. You know, you're not going to find a hoodie with bleach from the top down and nines all over it. You're not going to find one with, I mean, that one's a little bit simpler. You might find one like that, but um, when you copy somebody, it's like the exact thing, you know, like you copy every single thing, but then inspiration would be like, oh, I saw Jake do a bleach hoodie. I'm going to do my own version of it. So you have to change something. It's like copying homework. Like you got to change a little (laughs) bit of it for it to be different. Uh, So that's drawing inspiration. And then copying is just, you know, blatantly stealing the same exact design and like redoing it. And how often are guys kind of taking like blatantly copying from smaller creatives in the sneaker industry right now? Uh, I don't know. I don't see it very often. Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't happen too often. You'll see trends like the rope laces. Like that was a huge trend. It's still going on. Uh, the coffee thing. Like those are two of the things that I started. And like I wouldn't say that people stole it from me. Like it just it was a trend. And like people saw it was a trend and did it. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's necessarily like it. It always stays the same. It always just happens every once in a while. It's it's not like ramping up. You know. If somebody does like a coffee dipped sneaker, do you expect them to say like inspo from Jake? Or no, no, no. It's to the point where it's so far removed from me. From me, like uh, it's just a thing now. Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady and Nick Giovanni did it like That's two weeks ago, uh, and Nick actually asked me like when he was doing that video. He's like, "Can you voice this part over for me?" But I didn't see it in time. So like, <laughs> he's a mask guy too, right? Matt. Yeah, I think he is a mask guy. Are you yeah. close with him? No, I'm not no. too close. I'm mutuals, I think. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm mutuals. I've talked to him a few times on DM. I don't know if he follows me back. We've sent him a couple DMs. I want to get him on. But really? Yeah. yeah. He's a cool dude from what I've what I've seen. I don't. I don't never actually like really talked to him, but just a few like DMs here and there. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say like 
they'd have to, in, you know, credit me. And I think copy dyeing was a thing before. Like, I wasn't the first person to ever do it. Um, but I was the first person to do it that way, if that makes sense. Like, one of my friends, Bald Boy, uh, he's a sneaker customizer. He, like, also did coffee shoes. But he would do just the soles in coffee and leave it for, like, an hour or whatever. And I was the first one to dip, like, a whole Air Force in it and leave it for... And get that color out of it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So... I wasn't like the first. It's weird. It's it's. But no, I don't expect it. How many substances do you think you've dipped shoes in at this point? Good question. <laughs> Anything you can think of, pretty much. Like any liquid that's a household item and would be interesting to dip in. I've I've done it. Like I'm I'm not gonna do it in like. What was like one of the like like tomato sauce? Like that's I've probably that. nasty though. I've done that. Yeah, uh, I did like a bunch of pack. Uh, cans of ragu or whatever it was you did uh, henny do you, huh? you did henny i did henny, oh, henny yeah that, that video was faked a few of the videos were faked but <laughs> yeah because i had like eight bottles of henny oh, i wasn't yeah. about to spend yeah, yeah, 700 dollars yeah. on Hennessy. <laughs> and that was a, a kizzo video so i just really wanted it to get views i didn't yeah, care about okay. if people thought it was real or not and most of those videos like those older ones like the the kool-aid video that mm. i did like all those videos were just like bullshit. Like I would put dye in there to like help it out. Mm. Um, but that's like the whole point of social media, you know, like just doing fun shit that people catch and like it catches eyes. That's also know? very harmless in terms of like the yeah. fake social media. Thing. Yeah. Like, cause you're right. That That's actually very important. Cause like if somebody goes and like tries to dye their sneakers with Kool-Aid, put purple dye in it instead. Like yeah. it's not going to ruin somebody's life where people like, uh, I can't, give it a good example but like medical advice people that are like oh this is gonna save your life from this this and that and they're selling like supplements and it's bullshit like that is harmful well even on like even on the entertainment scale where it's like there's like so many pranksters that have come out recently Mm -hmm. to say like oh back in 2017 my videos were fake Mm -hmm. where like they're literally paying actors all you did was like dump a little bit extra like dye like water into like to make it like just the color of the yeah, shoe was a little darker. You're just like cutting a couple corners, like it's not a yeah. bit yet. <laughs> Have you had any like angry moms reach out to you and be like, "My kid fucking dyed his shoes"? I've had, not, and... not angry moms, but I've had people reach out and they're like, "The Kool Aid did work," and I'm like, <laughs> like "You're fucking stupid." <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's never like it's not gonna hurt anybody. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's it's harmless. It's just for views. What do you do with most of the shoes after uh, customizing or dying if they're not for sale? Uh, if I don't sell them, then I just keep them, you know, I'll just put them on a shelf somewhere, throw them under whatever. Uh, but when I, usually I don't sell them anymore because I do what I used to do where I make two videos out Mm. of one pair. So who wants a pair that one of them is destroyed and one of them is red and blue, you know? Um, but back in the day when I used to make the pair, I would just sell the pair for what I bought them for, make my money back. And that way I was making the videos for free. Um, but yeah, most of the time. I'll just keep them. Do so you have a very large collection at this point? Yeah, yeah. Um, not all like shoes that I would like to wear. You know what I mean? Like my personal collection of shoes that I collect Ragu is different than the shoes of Air just Force. yeah, <laughs> just like shit that I have sitting around. Like the the house back in Florida has easily two hundred pairs of shoes, like between me and my roommates, uh, and all the kizos that I've. You have inventory there too, yeah. right? No, 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 not anymore. because okay. um, we got rid of all that. Yeah. That's that's gone. Um, but just all the projects I've done, yeah. all the videos, I have every single pair of those. Uh, and they're just sitting on shelves. But, yeah, it's 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 fun. All time, what are your some of your favorite shoes? 
I hate to say it because it's it's them, but uh, it's this Nike pair that I left in bleach for like. Well, first I dyed it, then I painted over it, and then I put them in bleach, and they just distressed in like such a unique and like beautiful way, I guess. And I have those hanging up on my wall, and they just they're literally there's holes in them, and it's my favorite custom I've ever done because I've never seen any pair like it, and nobody's done it since. Uh, and you probably couldn't replicate it. Never, like, because yeah. th- that's what I love about like dye and bleach and shit like that is, it's there. It's doing work. You know what I mean? Like someone could replicate painting on a shoe, like a logo, whatever. Uh, if you dye a shoe and you do something with bleach or whatever, like it's never gonna come out the same way as that first pair did. And that's kind of why I like it so much because it's always gonna be different than everybody else's. Uh, so it's kind of cool. What about shoes like like? in the store that you buy online, whatever, not customized, like favorite shoes, like of all time. Ooh, 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 ooh. <sighs> I really like the 2000, I think it's 2003 UNC Nike foam posits. I have a pair of those sitting in my closet that will never be worn again. Uh, just, you know, sitting for value and like the collector in me. Uh, I love those Raptor sevens. That's like one of the shoes that like put me into sneakers. Um, yeah, I think those might be like my top ones. I, I could probably think of better ones if I, if I really thought about it, but I love those. I love the color on the UNC phone posits. It's a, my favorite color. So, How come Nike hasn't come out with like a prolific shoe in recent years? You know, like back, they had the Jordans mm, back in the day. There were some sick uh, Kobe's. There were some sick LeBron's. But recently there hasn't been anything yeah, notable. I've never thought about that. That's actually a really good point. They just reuse everything. Mm-hmm. Like they, they haven't been able to create a shoe that's new that people like and i don't even know how many years like they just keep reusing things and re-unvaulting shit like the the cactus mac whatever like the mac attack thing that they're doing right now is like an old tennis shoe from like the 90s and they just like bring the shit back like make something new you know what i mean and, and they're just re-releasing old jordan colorways and adding the nike air on the back of yeah it. they're yeah, even they doing small changes they're even doing retro kobe's at this point it's crazy yeah which i think is fun yeah um but I don't know. It's I feel just, like there's also like so many fashion brands now that are into sneakers too that cause more of an issue for Nike. Very yeah, true. I mean they're just they're so big they don't like you know it works for them. They're they're making money off of it. Why would they change it? You know uh, that's that's my idea behind it. But at the same time, like the creative in me is like, how do you not want to like push yourself and like create something new? Um, it's weird. But that is a good point. I never really even thought of that. Like, they're just literally reusing old shit. And they have been for decades. They How need a new go- Tinker Hatfield. Tinker Hatfield's like... They need a new one, yeah. Yeah, they, they need him. But they need... And Michael Jordan is the more important thing. Yeah. Um, Tinker Hatfield's shoes, who knows if they'd still look cool if Michael Jordan never wore them, you know? That's one of the things that I've learned is, like, it doesn't matter what a shoe or what something look, looks like. If you get the right person to wear it and get people to believe it's cool... It's cool automatically. Kanye's the perfect example wearing like ripped clothes that looks like they're from a homeless person. Like years ago, if you put that on someone else, wouldn't have been cool. But since it was Kanye and like he's like the trend starter of the world, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, For sure. Every trend that he started has been like huge. So yeah, it doesn't matter what something looks like as long as you get the right person to wear it, build hype behind it, uh, it'll, it'll do well. How do you go about building like a boutique sneaker brand in a space that's dominated by? you know, these billion dollar companies. Um, that's the good thing about sneakers is it doesn't matter who's the biggest because how many pairs of sneakers do you have? Like at least a couple. Yeah. Right? Nobody really, if you have one pair of sneakers, then like 
you know, some people do that, but most people have multiple pairs. So it doesn't matter if they're buying Nikes or buying Adidas or buying Reebok. Uh, they can still buy a pair of Kizzos because if they like the shoe and they like the story behind it, they're going to buy it, you know. Um, so it's not like it's much different from like a, a car. Like I, I don't even I can't even begin to think about how somebody creates a new car brand. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Or cell phone, something like that. Like that is impossible. Um but sneakers, you could have multiple sneakers, and it's easier to manufacture and design. So, yeah. Well, I feel like too, like part of the reason people wear shoes is is to show off their shoes, right? Yeah. And like, yeah. if you're wearing something that's unique, like yep. some people don't like that, but I think you know, some people do. Most people do like yeah. that. Uh, most people want to be a little different. Nobody yeah. wants to wear the same exact thing as everybody else, um, unless it's just like a classic. Like you have Air Forces and shit like that. That is like the most wide worn shoe he's wearing them over there um but it's just a classic and it's always going to be worn even though everybody has it but some shoes are just cool because they're different you know what i mean um so yeah everybody likes to stand out and be a little different and have the shoe that nobody else has and kind of put people on to shit it's like finding a music a musician mm-hmm. before he's like big you know like oh i, I knew him first totally. <laughs> um, on that like how do you combine like what people like and what's like vetted out there design wise with like adding your own touch and adding your yeah. own creativity. That's that's actually good uh, a good point because we've been dealing with that a lot lately. Like the new we have two new Kizzo silhouettes. Um, one is in production right now, like sample wise. We have, we're still like tweaking it and making it. We hope hope to have it by the end of this year. And then one of them we announced uh, like a month or two ago, and the first release is going to be in January. And that shoe is unlike any other shoe in the world. Like it it's way out there. It's super like stand outish like it's very unique uh and most people a lot of people didn't like it because it was so stand outish um but we just basically said fuck you at that point like we're making what we want to make like it don't like it whatever who buys it doesn't matter to us because we like it uh and then there's the shoe that we know everybody's gonna like something simpler something more casual everyday wear um so you with a sneaker brand it's it's good because you can have multiple silhouettes but uh if we were to only have one, like say we could only have one for some reason, we would have to go with what the customer wants because that's the most important thing. Like we wouldn't be able to put our own design touches on it because um, it's more important to sell, obviously, than create something that you're proud of. But yeah, the thing that's really good about Kizo too is that you, since we're smaller, like you get a more intimate relationship with the people that are buying. So like, yeah. like we get to pretty much just tell like show everybody the silhouette before we even have anything in hand and jake will just dump the the silhouette in the discord server and then andre started the discord server i did i made Um. the discord server (laughs) but But, um yeah he'll like dump it in the discord server and if people like it they'll say it if not then not and that'll be before he even has a physical yeah they're they're ruthless uh, and that's what i love like i'm so glad that we don't just have a bunch of yes men like so glad like anything kizzo puts out they like like if they don't like it they'll tell us um so yeah, the Discord is a good point because like I get to talk to people in there, and like we answer DMs and emails and shit like that. Uh, but it is getting to the point where it's like too big, and we're gonna have to, you know, stop responding to every single one or hire more people to. Right now, there's three of us that answer DMs. Um, mainly David. David is one of our roommates, and he um, answers the DMs and the emails for us. But uh, yeah, most of the time it's. It's it's good to have that relationship. Like it's it's never really a, a bad thing to have that relationship with people. 
what's so, it been like for you dre working together and like your relationship too like how did you guys obviously you've told us kind of off camera but you guys meeting each other and like working together through, through the past couple of years so like me and jake met in high school and then we were never really close because I, I didn't go to winthrop mm-hmm. and i didn't play basketball either jake played basketball yeah. <laughs> um, but during quarantine when he started the one-off brand he needed a photographer he wasn't trying to pay anybody but i convinced mm-hmm. him to pay me for a shoot and then we kind of just bonded off that shoot and um it, yeah it's it's it, it's kind of stupid to put it like that, but it, it, that's literally how it went. Like we became close off that one shoot yeah. and then we were friends ever since. So the way it happened, like you said, we were friends in high school. Like we would hang out, but we wouldn't be like, it would, It was a big group. So like we weren't close. And then the photo shoot happened and we like, we were, I think we were both going through the breakup at that time. Yeah, we were like, both, we were both through going a through a breakup. So yeah. we were just talking about that. <laughs> and like, I was trying to, trying to start my brand and he was trying to start his photography more seriously. So we kind of just, started hanging out after that and like he was doing more photography and I was doing more clothing and like also the influencing started around the same time so it just ended up working out like perfect complimentary thing like he was the good uh, camera guy that I needed and I was like basically practice because like he was still learning his ropes and developing his style if you look back at his like first pictures Yo, like. compared to like the <laughs> shit he does now such a big a big difference like he's I'm so like proud of the style that he's found and like just the way his pictures look now versus how they looked during you know, the first like, shoot. That, that shit first was shoot horrible. we had wasn't terrible. Though. Oh, the first I shoot mean, we had wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. It's just like 800 other people could have taken that picture. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was no style to it. I had, um, I had like a, I think it was a 6D Mark II and I had like a chi- like an $80 China lens on it. Like yeah. that I found on Amazon. <laughs> and we, we made it work with that. But like, this was also during qu- quarantine. Like, we, we became friends right when quarantine started. Yep. So all of the stuff that we would do creatively, like we were walking through Boston. Nobody was in Boston. So we'd be able to take pictures in the empty streets of Boston. Yep. Or like we would go to, um, he was trying to like take YouTube more seriously before because he was in a place where he was trying to figure out if he wanted to do TikTok, YouTube or, or Instagram. And we would make YouTube videos where we would like go explore abandoned places. And like that was fun. We weren't going to get trespassed because no cops were working. <laughs> so we kind of took advantage of quarantine as best as we could too. Yeah. And the, so, like, the your relationship has always kind of been building off each other creatively yeah. and, like, uh, you know, helping each other build each other's brand, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. No, that's really that's cool. That's why I complimented so well. And, like, everything just, it was perfect. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, we're just, like, good friends on top of that. So, it, it, it worked out well. For anyone listening, like, would you have any advice to someone who, you know, maybe is in Dre's you know, shoes a couple of years ago or yours that like in is in a similar place with someone else that, you know, they want to grow their brands respectively yeah. in, in creative spaces. I was just talking to my brother about this last night, actually, because he's a uh, junior in college and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do. And I told them um, photography is one of those tough industries to be in. It's like one of those starving artist industries because you have to do a lot of free work for a lot of different people before you can build up a real clientele and like be able to sell yourself you know what i mean so same thing with like shoes you have to sell shoes for 50 dollars over what you paid work for eight hours for 50 bucks to like build up not only practice but like that clientele and like show people that you're good at what you do and then people will start paying you but the the main advice is just get out there and fucking do it like just go do shit do whatever you enjoy uh which is so cliche to say but like if you're not enjoying it, why are you doing it at that point? Um, and do it for free. Do it just for fun. And just 
see where it goes. And then also a key thing that most people don't mention is understand when it's not working. You know, like if something's not working out, just drop it. Like go to the next thing, try different shit. Like the hoodie brand that I had with him, I didn't see it going anywhere. So I was like, all right. And then I never did it again. Um, and now obviously we have different hoodies, but this is completely different. And before um, Kizzo even came around, like Jake had like two, three other brands that he was going to start up. That yeah. Day. Yeah. I was doing a bunch of different things, but it's, a, it's really important to understand when something's not working and to try something else. Cause one of the things people always say is like, just keep grinding, keep grinding, mm-hmm. keep grinding. Understand when it's not working though. Cause some things just don't pan out the way you want them to. And it's just a waste of your time. So yeah, that's the key thing. Go out, do it, and understand when it's not working as well. Besides timing, was there anything about those, you know, the hoodie brand or the other projects that you kind of realized looking back wasn't, or, or even in the moment, you realized wasn't working? Uh, what did I do? I don't know. The, you the stopped, hoodie- like, when you, when you plateaued, that's when you were... Like, that's when you decided to do sneakers because you're, yeah. you're more of like the DIY guy. You do like the signs, the clothes. Yeah, I would steal stop signs and shit and paint on those. And that was my thing for a while. But um, I don't. <laughs> I didn't have any other brands, I don't think, like that I can remember. J Polo Customs. That was, that was the cus- <laughs> that was the sneaker customs. I dropped September that September the 3rd. So like that never happened. That hasn't happened yet. That might still happen. We don't know. <laughs> but... Yeah, the, the hoodie brand and the custom sneakers were really the only thing that like I dropped because I just saw better doors. You know what I mean? So, you know, yeah. what's next for Kizo? Uh, that's tough to say. Um, we're at such a weird transition period right now where we have the new shoe coming out. We don't know how that's going to sell. We don't know if people are going to like it. We're doing hoodies. We're doing rings. We're doing pants. Um, everything else in between. So we really don't know where it's going to go i'd like to say ideally we want to have you know a warehouse next we want to have stuff in stock constantly like in addition to the limited drops and we also want to you know just build our brand as much as we can get brick and mortar eventually and uh one up our sales from last year but other than that i mean it's just at this point just how far can we go you know that's that's the mission what about you personally Kizo is my main focus right now. So, you know, I'm doing the social media as well. I, I Those are kind of neck and neck. Kizzo's always slightly ahead of that. But uh, I want to keep my own personal brand there. Like, I want to, you know, build my following as much as I can. Uh, and I want to build Kizo at the same time as much as I can. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's... Luckily, they complement each other really well. So I don't have to, like, divide my attention much. But, um, yeah, it's it's mainly just see how far I can get, you know. Are there any brands that you look at that grew in a similar way to Kizo that, yep. you know, you obviously drawing inspiration or just kind of admiring? Yeah. Uh, the brand that really started kind of everything for me was uh, Fugazi. Fugazi? Mm-hmm. Fugazi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That brand. Um, and they just do such good shit. Like, I see you nodding your head over there. <laughs> uh, I bought a pair of their sneakers. And I think it's one dude, Trevor. Um I bought a pair of his sneakers during quarantine for 500 bucks, uh, which was a bootleg sneaker. And the quality was out of this fucking world, like better than any Nike, better than whatever else. And he sold them for, I think, 180 at the time. And I paid five for them later on. Um, but that brand was really the brand that I kind of tried to model myself after, I guess. Um, not, I don't know if I'd say model myself after, but someone that I just respect and want to be like, I guess, because... 
he did it on his own. He makes really good designs, holds himself to a really high quality standard, and is creative on top of all that. So, like, that's how I want to be, you know? So, I don't know if I'd say I take, like, his business model or I take inspiration from it, but uh, I definitely want to be that guy, if that makes sense. Like, I want to be similar to him. What goes into, like, that quality? Like, on the on the supplier level, have you had to make trips to places that you get your shoes made or just, like, sending no. samples back and forth and, like, revisions and all sorts of different things? Yeah, like, the, the samples are the key part um, and also just cost. You know, mm-hmm. if you tell the manufacturer we want the best quality materials, they'll go out and find it. Um, and it also just comes down to who your manufacturer is. Like, some people are just better than others. Like, mm-hmm. some people just have better machines or better knowledge whatever it is we when we first started kizzo we got samples from three different manufacturers two of them were shit like they looked like they were made by kindergartners <laughs> and then one of them was like oh this looks like an actual sneaker that i'd buy and we went with that one obviously um so it, yeah it comes down to one is your manufacturer good enough and two paying for the right materials and knowing what the right materials are uh so those are the, those are the key things awesome yeah cool yeah, I think that's uh, yeah. We always, about it. We always <laughs> kind of hit a wall. I don't know. He kind of, you know, when it's over. So yeah, I know, I know how you feel. I get but, it. Uh, thanks, Unless you dude. have anything to add, but no, I don't know. I don't think so. Spit some game. Kizo 2024. Hell buy yeah. Everything. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Of course, anytime. Of course. For sure. Thank you.